Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Hope you are doing well. We are excited at Urban Village. We just did a big iPhone blessing uh, in Chicago yesterday, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but we are getting ready to start a new sermon series um, here at our churches, and so we are also excited about that. And the sermon series is called Unplugged, and we are particularly looking at the notion of Sabbath and rest. So we start this off by reading from the book of Deuteronomy. This will come from chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Here are these words. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So, as I just mentioned, we, on Friday, uh, this is, I'm recording this on Saturday, on Friday, we were out at the two different Apple stores here in Chicago, offering people to bless iPhones, and that was a lot of fun. We got some nice media attention for that and got a lot of uh, looks from people. And a few people were brave enough to uh, go ahead and let us bless their phones as we also gave out some stickers too. And as we were blessing these phones, or at least offering to bless these phones, I noticed, of course, that most people, I was at Michigan Avenue, and so I would say at least 75% of the people walked by, you could see they had a phone in their hand of some kind. They were looking at it, or they had it out, or so they are listening to it, or something. And it made me think, what did we do before the invention of smartphones? Especially, what did we do, not just in general, but what did we do in those little lulls in the day where people are looking at their phones? So, for example, if you are waiting in line at the grocery store, I would imagine that most people, if they have a smartphone, they're going to be looking at their phone. Or maybe if you're in an elevator or any kind of lull in your day. I did a officiated a wedding last week, and I was standing with the groom and the groomsmen before we were going out to commence with the ceremony, and the groomsmen were all looking at their phones. And so I kept thinking, what did we do in those in a sense, what one might say boring moments or lulls in the day. And the phone has taken up all of these different, these moments, these lulls, these places in our lives where we would just do nothing but maybe daydream or have conversations or do other things to to fill in those moments. Nowadays, doing nothing just seems almost sacrilegious. Not filling those lulls with information or entertainment seems kind of wasteful. But we wanted to look at that, those lulls, and in a grander sense, too, in the, um, as we think about the, our times and as we think about the patterns of our weeks. So that's, in sense, what kind of one, one of the things we wanted to explore in this sermon series, that, as I noted earlier, called Unplug, and thinking about Sabbath. And what does it mean to rest in our society these days? What does it mean for, to take time and do nothing, to truly unplug? 
Well, I think it probably makes sense to start with one of the Ten Commandments that I just read here from Deuteronomy. So, a quick word about Deuteronomy. If you were to read through Deuteronomy, you may notice that there are lots of laws and rules in this, but it's not presented like a list of dry rules and laws. It's written or presented almost uh, like a sermon in that there are exhortations and pleas of a more personal nature. There's a big emphasis on obedience, on what is one's motive and intention. So it is trying to get at, we want you to follow these rules and laws, but not just to check them off on a list, but really to think about what you are doing and to think about why you are doing them too. So the Ten Commandments, as we know them, kind of show up in two different places in the Bible. Here in Deuteronomy that I read just now, but also in Exodus 20. So in the Exodus version, this comes after uh, the people of God have just escaped Pharaoh's army to cross the Red Sea. You may know that story. And so people rejoiced. God provided for them, provided bread and from heaven and water from a rock. They were ushered into the, into the desert. And then they reached the base of a mountain, Mount Sinai. And there the people were dedicated to God and they were given the Ten Commandments, guidelines for their new life in preparation for entering and healthy living upon entering the promised land. So as we read through these commandments, I think the one that I pointed out today, there's a couple of things that are worth mentioning. And one is that this particular commandment is the first of two of the commandments that don't have a prohibition. Therefore, it doesn't start off by saying, thou shalt not, or you shall not. Instead, one of the Sabbath ones is saying, you shall you shall. The other one of these commandments is honor your father and mother. And so these are probably, you could say, have a little bit more of a positive spin on them. It's saying to keep these things, to do these things. So it was wanting to essentially set up a certain pattern in one's life, a holiness to regulate one's week in order for rest for the for the human, but also rest. Notice that there's rest for animals and slaves here too. It's a very egalitarian, very inclusive commandment. And I think a second thing to note too about this commandment is that it is longer than some of the other commandments too. You know, interestingly, you would think that as you continue to read through some of these commandments, like you shall not murder, neither shall you commit adultery, neither shall you steal, neither shall you shall you bear false witness against your neighbor. These are all quick commandments, verse after verse after verse. You would think that to expand on these, if you wanted to say, thou shalt not murder, you shall not murder, you shall not kill, maybe one would think, well, take a little time and, and talk about that, expand on what you mean here, and it doesn't. But in the Sabbath, the Sabbath is expanded upon. One scholar notes that maybe it's because this particular commandment was especially vulnerable to indifference and neglect. Scholars wonder that maybe the original wording of this commandment was was short, but they wanted to expand it in order to encourage its observance, especially, especially when it is being said to let your slaves rest too. So it's almost as if the it's being given to the people here and to make sure... Because this is the one thing, maybe, it was known that if they're going to slack at all in the commandments, it might be the keeping the Sabbath one. So we want to make sure that we go longer on this one so that people really get a sense of the importance of this commandment in the rhythm of life. 
And I think when we think about this, and so we see here the importance of this commandment. I'm sure if you ask people, take a look at the Ten Commandments, and what are the ones that really aren't kept, or what are the ones you can kind of fudge on a little bit, I would imagine Sabbath keeping is right up there. People have decided, I think, over the years and over the span of our faith lives and in the whole history of our faith that the Sabbath is the one that we can kind of give up on a little bit. And I think that's obviously particularly true in our society today. You could talk a little bit, so this will be a three-part series, and we'll talk about some other things in the next couple of weeks. Today, I want to talk about a couple of reasons why we should keep Sabbath. One is more personal in nature, for each of us personal, that is, and one is theological. Now, this first one is probably pretty obvious, and it's practical. And that means to live abundantly, we need to rest. We need to rest. You can go on the internet and search in your search in your favorite search engine about how overworked we are and how we need to not work so much and we need to let ourselves just be and to be bored and to take time away, all these things. And there are so many I was I thought I would cite one or two articles or podcasts and there's just so many. I read a uh, sometimes I listen to a podcast called um, the TED Radio Air, TED Radio Hour, and you may be familiar with the TED Talks. People get up and talk for twenty minutes or so about various kinds of things. And they often have very interesting graphics too. And there's a radio hour that takes snippets of TED Talks around one theme. And there was a TED Radio Hour that I listened to a couple weeks ago about going slower. And uh, so that I was, I got some really good information from that one. There's a segment on that that talked about how actually procrastinators are more creative. So there are some who like to get things done right away, but actually it said that it's better to kind of not do something right away. So for those of you who like to wait to the last minute, this was that this part of the podcast was for you. But there are some reasons why that is to. To let things simmer a bit, to be thinking about it, and to let original ideas kind of mature. One of the things I learned this week was apparently it took 16 years for Da Vinci to to paint the Mona Lisa. He didn't want to do it all in one fell swoop. He wanted to give himself some time to put things away. So that's one thing. But also in some articles I read, I read one article that Americans these days aren't taking all of the vacation time that they have coming to them because they feel like then they're not productive or they feel like uh, they'll be looked down upon by their superiors. I read an article about the addiction to productivity that we have, and it's almost like an addiction to, to more harmful substances. And we think like, you know, it, it feels good to finish something. It, it makes us feel important that we've, we've, we've done something in our lives, and so we want to keep that going. We want to be productive, and if we just sit around and rest, then that's not very productive. But I think all of these things go against this commandment to actually rest, to give ourselves a break from the things that bring us anxiety in our lives, to let us have sleep. One of the first times I went on retreat at this monastery, and I slept for felt like the first day, and I said to the um, the guest master there, he's kind of the concierge of the monastery, and I said, I feel like all I'm doing is sleeping. They said, mostly that's what people do their first couple days here because we're so tired and we're so plugged in. And so God is saying to you, rest. If you want to get the most out of your life, 
You need to rest. And so for personal reasons, too, I think this is a great commandment. But the other reason why we keep the Sabbath is because it's a, the- it's a theological statement that we make, too. I think, and this ties into the productivity piece, too. By keeping the Sabbath, by saying to ourselves, I am taking at least one day away and I am not going to do any work. I'm not going to check email. I'm not going to return um, voicemail or texts or whatever it is. And I do my best. My Sabbath is on Mondays and I try my best to not do any social media at all. I certainly don't check email. I've gotten pretty good about that. And one of the reasons is that it's theological and that by keeping Sabbath, you are saying that the world does not revolve around me. It is making a statement that I have faith in God, that my God is an active God, that God continues to work in the world and I don't do anything about it. It's trusting that God is doing God's thing. It's having faith in God that God is doing God's thing. When we work on Sabbath, when we continually try to be active and productive, it's as if we're saying, I don't trust you on this, God. I don't trust that you can also be working in my life too. There are lots of examples uh, in nature about certainly trying to, to, to take things before they're ready, to pick things before they're fully ripe. It's almost like having whatever your favorite food is, like a great pizza, and you see it in front of you, and it's piping hot, and people are saying, it's too hot, you have to wait, but it just looks so good, and you can't help yourself. And so you take a bite, and you burn your mouth. And sometimes if we don't keep Sabbath, it's like we're saying, God, I'm not sure you can do this on your own, or I don't know if I can wait, I don't trust you, I have to dig in, and then we get burned. Because then we begin to put ourselves at the center of our own universe. And by keeping Sabbath, we are saying, I trust God. I have faith in God. That God is working too. That God is doing God's thing too. And I actually can step back and let God do God's thing. And maybe on Sabbath, we actually watch and reflect on what God is doing too. As part of that TED Talk that I mentioned earlier, there was a really good section of it by a woman named Lakshmi Praturi. She is Indian, Indian, and her little bio on the TED Radio Hour says that after two decades in marketing, venture capitalism, and social entrepreneurship, Lakshmi Praturi turned her focus toward linking her home country of India more tightly with the American community. And so now she has a firm that runs meetings and events to start to spark dialogue and make connections. So she, as she talked, the theme of the TED conference that she was at was actually around death. And she talked about her father and her father's passing away. And first she started talking about her father who was in India. By this time, she went to college in the United States. And she said that her father wrote her letters every single week. And after a while, she would just see these letters and she would, open them up, and she might skim them a little bit, but she'd think, oh, Dad, all right, we're ready with, with the letters, and she'd put them away thinking, I'll get to it later, I'll get to it later, and the thing is, she never got to those later, and many years went by, and in the last two years of her father's life, she said that he filled a notebook about her, and in this notebook, he wrote 
her strengths and her weaknesses and also gentle suggestions for improvement. And she laughed about that and the crowd laughed about that too. And then he, he passed away and she notes in the TED Talk that nobody writes to me anymore. And she talks about her whole, the subject of her, of her talk was about trying to recapture the art of letter writing. Talk about slow in our society today that demands instant. And she says it doesn't have to be an either or, or, but why can't you do both? And then she talks so she talks so eloquently and beautifully about writing letters. And she said that as she thinks back on her life and her time with her father, she said she would trade all those years where she said she was just too busy. She would trade all those years for just one more hug from her father. But instead... What she says is that she has something else now. And she said this comment, she said this quote, and I'll put this link up on the Podbean page too so you can actually see the TED Talk itself. But she said, when she takes one of his letters, and I love what she says here in this talk, she says, the paper that touched his hand is in mine, and I feel connected to him. The paper that touched my father's hand is now in my hand. And I feel connected to him. And I think that is a really wonderful way. I, I love this, not only because I'm trying to recapture letter writing in my own life as a way to slow down. It's a wonderful practice to keep on the Sabbath. It's great to get snail mail these days. And so I'm trying to do more of that myself. So I've invested in some really nice paper. My uh, family gave me a really nice pen a couple years back and to, to really take that slow process of, of writing somebody and resting and being methodical and thinking about the person that you are, you are writing to. And so that in itself is a great practice, which is one reason why I like that little segment of the TED Talk. But also I really liked it too because of the way she talked about receiving this letter. Her father touched the letter and now it is in her hand and she feels a connection to him. I believe that all time is holy, that God has given us time in our lives, and it is holy, and it is good to do with it every single day, but I believe the Sabbath is even more holy. I believe the Sabbath is like that letter that her father wrote her, that the Sabbath is particularly touched by God, that the Sabbath is particularly touched and tinged by holiness, and we feel a Special connection to God on the Sabbath. And if we don't take time to recognize that and to realize that, we miss out on God's closeness, on God's desire to, to feel that closeness with us. Because we just keep going on with our lives, our busy lives, because we want to be so productive. And we don't take the time to really reflect and say to ourselves, I need to, for my own health, I need to rest. As a theological statement, I need to say, I trust God. By my not doing anything, by my not checking that email, that means I'm trusting that God can do the work in God's world just fine. What a, what a radical theological statement that is. And also we are saying by keeping Sabbath that we are trusting that that one particular day, that one particular day is, is special, is holy, and we are commanded to keep it for those reasons. 
How are you doing on your Sabbath practices? I think there's so many wonderful Sabbath practices that out there, and some of them you might think it is self-indulgent, but I would say no. Taking naps on Sabbath is great. Not paying bills on Sabbath is probably a good thing to think about, or whatever it is that brings you some anxiety on the Sabbath, put it aside. Put it aside and see what happens. I think you'll be surprised that the that God still works in the world without you. And I think that you'll have a better sense of being rested and, more importantly, a better centeredness with the holy at the same time. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. I happen to think a podcast might be a great thing to do on the Sabbath, too. Podcasts hopefully that fill you up, and I hope this has done that for you. As always, you can reach out to me, Chris, at urbanvillagechurch.org, or on Twitter, I'm at Christian Kuhn. I'm always happy to respond to anything that might be on your mind. As I noted, I'll put the TED Talks link up on the Podbean page so you can take a look at that. So until next week, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. Lord.